everyone and welcome back into the pod. I just want to thank you for listening and um, I hope that in some way it's either entertaining or ridiculous or makes you think or all of the above. Um, Today is Holocaust Remembrance Day and I wanted to um, talk about a post I have on my Facebook page. If you are a Facebook friend of mine, uh, scroll down after this post of this podcast and you'll see a survivor story that you can watch. Now it is over an hour long, so it is quite lengthy, but this woman's story is important. All of the survivor stories are important, but this woman actually remembers back when she was two and three years old and what happened to her um, in the ensuing years as the war ramped up, as Hitler ramped up, what happened to her family, what she does not remember about her parents, and it is heart-wrenching and it will make you think it might make you sick to your stomach it might make you angry it might make you cry but this is how we remind everyone including non-jews about the holocaust and why it's so important to remember i heard a statistic this morning that said two-thirds of people under the age of 40 do not even know about the holocaust and that makes me want to punch a wall we have to tell the story as Jews we tell the story at holidays we remind people every chance that we get and it is not to get pity or sympathy it is so that it doesn't happen to anyone ever again some might say it is happening in Ukraine in a different way right now and so that's something to think about that's current events and why it's important to talk about these things in history, even when they make us uncomfortable, angry, or sad. So please take a look and listen to that survivor story. It is gripping, and it will definitely teach you more about the Holocaust. And if you are one of my Facebook friends under the age of 40, I'm asking you to please, please listen, and then pass it on. So consider sharing it as well. The other thing that's happening in our area right now is a horrible story, a horrific story of a family um, in the same town that my cousins live in. And I know the street that this house is on. Um, Growing up, we were in Duxbury um, for summer, part of the summer before we went down to the vineyard. And those are very happy memories with my cousins. This is a story of a a young family and a mother with postpartum depression. It came over the news early this week that a mother was found to have jumped out a window of her home trying to commit suicide. Her two older children, ages five and three, were found dead in the house. And her infant of eight months was also in trouble and have had serious trauma, all three children. A couple of days later, we were privy to the information that the mother, in fact, did kill the two older children, attempted to kill her youngest child, and then attempted to take her own life. This is a horrible tragedy for the young father um, in doing five minutes of research that I know how to do. I was able to find this young mother's Facebook page. She was a nurse, a labor and delivery nurse at Mass General Hospital. 
And, um, you know, I was speculating initially when I read the story, heard the story, saw her Facebook page, happy pictures with her children at the beach, vacations, etc. that, oh my God, she has an eight month old. Could it be postpartum depression? And in fact, that was confirmed in the news yesterday, a couple of days after the horrible incident. Um, I have never been pregnant, so I am probably the last person that you would expect or maybe even care to hear talk about this type of thing. But hear me out. Obviously, I have never suffered from postpartum depression. I was never able to get pregnant. But I am a woman who has responsibilities both inside the house and outside the house. And while I might not know the exact feeling of postpartum depression, I can understand feeling overwhelmed and I can understand feeling not appreciated, not seen, not heard, um, and basically having everyone come to you to fix everything and you're suffering yourself. I am not personally suffering from depression and for that I am very grateful but I have family members who do and friends who do. And I am always there to listen to them. But there are times in my life when I feel overwhelmed and like I feel like I'm failing at everything. And so I think it's important to talk in general terms, not necessarily specifically about postpartum depression, again, with which I have no experience, but to say to everybody men, women, friends, sisters, cousins, co-workers, whomever, that if you know a woman who has recently given birth and she is, in your mind, quote, not herself, you might want to dig in and check in on her a little bit more often. Now, it seemed to me, looking from way from the outside, that this woman had a good support system. But you can have a hundred people around you at any given time and feel alone. And so it is sometimes really important for us as outsiders to make sure that we step into the space of our friends and family and look them in the eye and say, are you okay? Not in front of other people, not via a text, not via an email or a phone call. Face to face. I am here to make sure you are okay. And what can I do to help you? And when they go, oh no, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. If you're seeing things, you're hearing little things and you know something's not right, I need you to step into that person's space and look them in the eye. When I do it, I look at the person and I say, look at me, look at me, look me in the eye. I know you're not okay. And it's okay that you're not okay. 
You have to give people permission to say that they need help. It is very, very hard. Okay? Now, men and women, I'm just going to use those terms. I know gender is fluid. I have respect for those people who are um, non-binary, etc. But for this discussion, we're going to use the terms men and women. Men and women have different stresses in life. I mean, every person has a different stress from another person. But if we're talking about it from this context, for this discussion's purposes, okay? I read the book, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. It might sound hokey, but it's very helpful if you are a heterosexual in a heterosexual relationship. Guys have different stresses, and my husband has often told me about the different stresses that men have. Most men are raised to know that they have to take care of their family. They have that responsibility that they need to make sure that they can afford a home and a life for their family. Of course, as women have come more into the workforce, it is on both parties to do that. But men feel that weight a little more, even still in this day and age, even though things are changing and updating as they should. Okay, so I respect that he feels that and understand and try to make his life less stressful. And he in turn tries to make my life less stressful. But let's keep it real. The guys don't understand. Let's use vacation as an example. Let's just use vacation as an example. When you're getting ready for vacation, whether you have fur kids like I do, and a business, that's my baby, and you have to get all that stuff ready, or whether you have human kids and you've got to get them ready for vacation, and your spouse, you're running around and making sure that the bills are paid and the house is all set, and if you need a pet sitter, and if you need to um, finish things at your, your full-time job outside the home, and uh, the kids and what they're taking and you and what you're taking and husband and what he's taking and all of that. Now, this can go on, of course, in um, same-sex marriages and relationships as well, of course, and I acknowledge that. But again, for the purposes of this discussion and from my perspective in a heterosexual marriage, this is where I'm coming from. Not disregarding or disrespecting anybody's relationship, okay? Um... So, my husband doesn't expect me to pack for him, but it's just easier if I do. And then asking him what he wants. So, I'll bring down his suitcase without the compression bags and say, is this what you want to take? Yes. No, I don't want to take that. Okay. And then we'll do the compression bags and get everything situated. Um, But at my business, I have to get everything ready. I have to make sure that um, all my classes are covered. I have to make sure that everything that I do is covered while we're away. And I also have to make sure that my house is all set because my brother is there to take care of my kids, which are four legs and a tail. So I want to make sure that there's enough food in the house that, you know, their farmer's dog delivery is all set, that we're not missing anything that the water delivery we have, et cetera, you know, all the things, all the things. Ladies, you know what I'm saying. There's a million little things. This podcast is not ever going to be long enough 
for me to tell you all the things and I don't need to tell you all the things. But the guys, it's like when you get married, what does a guy do? Some guys are very involved, very true, but most guys are not. Most guys are like, I have my tux, I know my guys that are going to stand with me and what time is it again? I'll show up, right? Sometimes they go to the tasting, sometimes they go to the cake tasting, if you have one. Um, but pretty much the woman or one of the parties, again, this is a discussion from my perspective as a heterosexual, is doing all of the other stuff. Looking at the menu, figuring out how many people can each person have, are we under budget, dealing with her parents, dealing with his parents, you know, who wants what to whom, are we, are we having a wedding party, are we not, are we, the, 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 you know, the million things, the dress, the alterations, the hair piece, the getting the hair done, the makeup, the, you know, a guy puts on a suit, maybe gets a haircut the day before or the week before, you know, what shoes can I wear, and that's it. And it's not a value judgment on the guys, not saying they're not supportive, not saying they don't do anything. They do a lot. But we're speaking in the context of women feeling overwhelmed. Now, some misogynistic pigs will say that, well, if you had just stayed home and had babies, you wouldn't be so overwhelmed. I'm sorry. It's 2023 and women are in the workforce doctors, lawyers, chefs, name something. Okay. We, we can do any job and we fought for that equality. You're absolutely right. But there are a lot of things in society working against us, like the 40 hour work week. The 40 hour work week was when somebody was at home full time doing all the things and not having another job. That doesn't happen now in very many households. Okay. Secondarily, childcare is bananas. The price that my friends who have little kids have told me, I, I can't even believe it. I do believe them. But what I'm saying is the price is ridiculous, beyond ridiculous, crazy. And that is not to disparage someone who does childcare for a living, runs a preschool. I get it. I'm, I'm not disparaging you. But in the context of the, of the family and the way that the family is today, what the fuck are we paying $3,000 a month for childcare? I mean, I, wow, wow, wow. So these things work against women and men, of course, but women are taught to be motherly. Whether you actually have human children or are able to, I was not able to. I have friends that chose not to. All good. Friends that chose to have kids, all good. Okay? But no matter what you choose or are able to do, you're going to feel the weight of being the mother of your household. Are the plants watered? Are the windows clean? Are the dishes done? Are what's what about the laundry? What about this? Do we have medications for vacation? You know, all the things, all the things, ladies, all the things. Okay. And I can't even imagine in the context of my life, adding on 
three children under five and having my body go through that, which I know, I don't know, which I can imagine is an ass load for the bod. Physiologically, I understand, not personally. Okay. What that is like, I, I, I bow down to the mothers that do that. Does that excuse a mother murdering her children? Absolutely not. But does it mean that we have to, as a society, do better? Yes. Does it mean that we, as a society, whether we have children or not, like myself, do we have to make sure that we are, as much as we can be, supporting our fellow women with their choices and their situation. Yes. Does that mean the people that you work with, you know, our medical professionals, as this young mother was, went through something during COVID that we can only imagine, those of us not in the medical field. And so we non-medical professionals need to be sure that we are supporting those women and those mothers and those men that went through that and not making their burden worse or now that COVID is not in the, you know, number one forefront of everybody's mind, just putting it to the side and going, oh, you're fine. You know, the worst is over now. That diminishes what they're going through. And we shouldn't do that. Because that can make people feel even worse. So my heart goes out to this family. My heart goes out to anyone who is listening to this pod that has in the past suffered from postpartum depression. Is suffering from postpartum depression. Um, Anybody that will. I am an ally. And I will do whatever I can do. Um, Listen. Help you find resources. Whatever. Bring you a meal. Whatever it might be. But please, let's reach out to each other. When we see someone in trouble. Or think they might be in trouble. And let's remember that we're all humans. And... If COVID taught us anything, it should be how much we need each other. But that means we have to get better about reaching out and being there for the people in our lives and making sure that something like this doesn't happen again.